The ACB E-Forum, Volume 58, October 2019, Number 4. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Bart Morse in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the combined federal campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 605-475-8154 and choose option 3. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 605-475-8130. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at ACBNATIONAL or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Copyright 2019, American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents President's Message, Transitions, by Dan Spoon Traveling to Schaumburg, by Janet Dickelman ACB Holiday Auction Reminder, by Carla Rushevel Rochester Convention Celebrated Past Focused on the Future by Susan Glass, Ron Brooks, Penny Reeder, Paul Edwards, and Deb Cook-Lewis. ACB and ORCAM Technologies announce cooperative agreement. Updates to the ACB Constitution and Bylaws by John Huffman. 2019 ACB Membership Seminar Wrap-Up by Artis Bazin. Summary of 2019 Resolutions. Accessible Prescription Labels, My Story, by Linda Yaks. Affiliate News. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. High-Tech Swap Shop.
Announcing the themes for upcoming issues of the forum by Susan Glass. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce List Serve. Send a blank email to announce-subscribe at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. ACB Radio brings old-time radio drama to you 24-7 at www.acbradio.org slash T-R-O-V-E. President's Message Transitions by Dan Spoon The word that keeps hitting us in the face is transition. We experience many major life moments throughout our journey. Our first day of school, our first crush, our first realization that our vision loss makes us unique, our first job, our first serious relationship, finding our lifetime soulmate, dealing with the loss of a close friend or family member, dealing with retirement and the stress of orientation with the move to a new city or neighborhood. These stresses of change can also be felt with the consistent advancement in technology and communication. These transitions are not easy, but they do present both challenges and opportunities. Leslie and I are currently going through one of these major transitions with the aging of my 87-year-old parents. They have spent the past 15 years living in our neighborhood only three short blocks from us. We have had the pleasure of walking down to their house for a meal and conversation. We can help them out with simple chores like moving heavy furniture, organizing their garage, or even finding a lost pair of glasses. I know I got some strange looks last month when I scurried through the neighborhood with plunger in hand to solve the latest crisis. My parents have also been a wonderful help to Leslie and me. They help read our mail, drive us to a doctor's appointment or the grocery store in the rain. This month, our family is going through a major transition as our parents move downtown to a retirement center and give up driving. We will now be a 20-minute lift ride away, and life will change for all of us. My nephew is buying my parents' home, so this will be an excellent opportunity for Leslie and me to grow our relationship with him. He will host the monthly family dinner at the house, and he has promised Mom that he will keep the dining room table and her china cabinets. We share this story to say thank you to our many friends within ACB who have offered comfort and advice over the past few months. It gave me a chance to reflect on what I hold most dear about our community. It is the support we give each other in a time of need. 
We had some significant challenges this year at the Rochester Convention with the absence of Rick Morin, Convention Sound Coordinator. He was dealing with a broken ankle and managed the convention sound remotely with the contracted audiovisual AV help from the hotel and convention center staff. He did an outstanding job, and our sound quality was fantastic. Larry Turnbull, ACB radio manager, soldiered through a major health event to provide live programming for our general sessions and banquet. Our ACB family was there to help fill in the gaps. We owe special thanks to Jeff Bishop, Debbie Hazelton, Jason Castingay, and Rick Morin for volunteering to manage ACB radio in Larry's absence. My biggest takeaways from Rochester were emotional moments throughout the week. Betsy Grenovich's ACB Angel testimonial for Ann Sims and her daughter's letter highlighting Ann's efforts to adopt a child as a blind mother were compelling. The audio description of the Buffalo Soldiers' presentation of the Stars and Stripes gave me a feeling of inclusion that left me with a tear in my eye. Thanks, JoLynn Bailey-Page, for your thoughtful narration. The lunch with Saja Koirala and her husband Bill where she shared her experience of growing up blind in Nepal and her struggle for a normal education was enlightening. Finally, the gift from my friend Dan Dillon, sharing a CD with his personal appearances on the Grand Ole Opry, is something I will cherish for the rest of my life. I share these stories with our ACB family not because they are unique, but because they are normal within our ACB family. The soul of ACB is the relationships we have with each other. We will always advocate for civil rights, embrace the challenge of technological advancements, and cheer scholarship winners and DKM future leaders. But the most important service we provide our members is each other and the support we provide as we go through the transitions in our life. We are so thankful to be part of this wonderful ACB family. Traveling to Schaumburg by Janet Dickelman The home of the 2020 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention will be Schaumburg, Illinois. Convention dates are July 3rd through July 10th. The opening general session will be on Saturday evening, July 4th. Daily general sessions will be held Sunday through Wednesday mornings, with the final general session, which includes board member elections, being held on Thursday the 9th. The exhibit hall will be open Saturday through Wednesday. We will have day-long tours on Friday the 3rd and Friday the 10th, with many other tours throughout Convention Week. Special interest affiliates, ACB committees, and our business partners will hold sessions beginning Saturday, July 4th. Introducing Schaumburg The place to be is the Renaissance Hotel and Convention Center. Everyone will be glad to know that all rooms at the hotel have refrigerators, and there are also washers and dryers in the hotel. The Schaumburg Renaissance is served by two airports, O'Hare, airport code ORD, and Midway, airport code MDW. O'Hare is 18 miles from the hotel. Midway is 36 miles away. Information regarding airport shuttle service will be forthcoming. 
Taxi costs are $26 from O'Hare and $53 from Midway. If you'd like to travel to Illinois by train, Chicago's Union Station is 31 miles from the hotel. From Union Station, you can take a commuter train or a taxi to arrive in Schaumburg. Staying in touch. Want to keep up with all the latest convention news? The conference and convention announce list will be filled with information. To subscribe to the list, send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. If you received updates for the 2019 convention, you do not need to re-subscribe to the list. Hotel details. Room rates at the Renaissance are $94 per night plus tax, currently 15%. Reservation information will be posted when it becomes available. Convention contacts. 2019 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 AMDUO at BELLSOUTH dot net 2019 Advertising and Sponsorships Marjorie Beeman 512-921-1625 OLEO 50 at hotmail.com. For any other convention-related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, 651-428-5059 or via email, janet.dickelman at gmail.com. ACB Holiday Auction Reminder by Carla Rushevel. ACB's 8th Annual Holiday Auction will come to you live on ACB Radio from the Radio Storm Studios in Louisville, Kentucky. The big date is Sunday, December 8, and the fun will begin at 6 p.m. Eastern. Individuals, chapters, affiliates, and businesses are invited to contribute items to the holiday auction and help make this year's event the best ever. Popular items include jewelry, techie stuff, handcrafted items, music boxes, countertop appliances, gift cards, and holiday decorations. Sweets and treats are always a great choice. Bidders love candy and fudge, cookies, whoopie pies, bourbon balls, holiday breads, etc. All items donated to the holiday auction will be displayed on our auction preview page, available on ACB's website, www.acb.org, in late November. All donors will be acknowledged both on the website and on ACB Radio during the auction. Donors and winning bidders will be spotlighted in the ACB Braille Forum in March 2020. Help us plan for the auction by letting us know in advance about the items that you are contributing. Share a description of each item so we can begin creating the preview page. Send all items, except homemade goodies, by October 10 to ACB Holiday Auction, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Important! Do not send packages to our Minnesota office. 
For more information about the holiday auction and how to contribute items, contact Carla Rushevel, 502-897-1472, or C-A-R-L-A, numerals 40206, at gmail.com. Thanks in advance for your generous support of ACB Radio. Rochester Convention Celebrated Past, Focused on the Future by Susan Glass, Ron Brooks, Penny Reeder, Paul Edwards, and Deb Cook-Lewis. The last time ACB visited Rochester, New York, was 1964. That year's convention was held at the Manger Hotel with Delbert Amon as program chair and M.J. Hills Schmidt as the chair of the local host committee and the convention was just three days long. Fifty-five years have passed since then. ACB has 68 affiliates. In 1964, the number was eight, with a total membership of about 1,900. The Manger Hotel no longer exists. This year's attendees stayed in both the Hyatt and Riverside hotels. Much of the convention took place at the Joseph A. Floriano Rochester Riverside Convention Center, which connected to the hotels via skywalks. Saturday The opening general session was called to order by ACB President Kim Charlson. The Buffalo Soldiers of VFW Post 9251, under the command of Bing C. Reeves, Sr., presented the colors. The presentation was audio-described by Joe Lynn Bailey-Page. Charlson delivered her final convention report. She acknowledged and celebrated the following milestones achieved during her six-year term. Personnel. Hiring Eric Bridges as ACB's executive director. Clark Rockfall to succeed Tony Stevens as director of advocacy and governmental affairs. Claire Stanley, advocacy and outreach specialist and Cindy Van Winkle, ACB's full-time membership services coordinator. In the arena of streaming media platforms and accessibility, Charlson reported that in 2018, Hulu, negotiating with the Bay State Council of the Blind, was the first streaming service to commit to providing audio description tracks for as many of their programs as possible. ACB's Audio Description Project Media Task Force continues to reach out to other media services in hopes that they will also provide audio-described programming. On the subject of Braille literacy, the United States has finally ratified the Marrakesh Treaty, which makes the worldwide exchange of Braille books an attainable reality. The United States was the 50th nation to sign the treaty. With regard to ACB's financial health, Charlson reported that we recently received a substantial bequest that boosted our endowment fund. She reminded members that the MMS program, the ACB auction, and the ACB walk are all means by which each of us can contribute to ACB's financial health. In addition, ACB members logged 18,502 volunteer hours in 2018 alone. This fact can be significant when ACB applies for grant money, since each volunteer hour, if paid, translates to $20. The convention next heard from Suman Kanuganti, President and CEO of IRA Corporation. 
Ira is now used in several countries for tasks ranging from job searches to wayfinding to shopping. Ira provides access to 25,000 locations, including free access to 40 domestic international airports, airports in the UK, and airports in Australia. It also provides free access to all MBTA stops in Boston, Walgreens stores, and AT&T stores. This year's ACB scholarship winners will receive nine months of free IRA access. Beginning this fall, all IRA explorers will be given a certain amount of free daily access. Immediately afterward, Debbie Rozier presented the Robert S. Bray Award to IRA. Life memberships were presented to Ricky Scott, North Carolina, Peggy Ivey, Tennessee, Sean Barrett, Mississippi, Brian Charlson, Massachusetts, Rebecca Bridges, Virginia, Lori Scharf, New York, and Kevin Berkeley, California. Dan Spoon introduced the 16 new ACB Angels who would be remembered throughout the week. The 2019 Angels are M.J. Schmidt, a charter ACB member from New York, Leroy Saunders, former ACB president from Oklahoma, Sue Amateur, Washington, Marlena Lieberg, Washington, John Dashney, Oregon, John Jack Barbier, Oregon, Edith Huffman, Indiana, Ann Sims, Georgia, Al Gill, California, Carolyn Kobe, Minnesota, Barbara McDonald, Arizona, Edith Carter, Tennessee, James Carter, Tennessee, James Vernon Daigle, Louisiana, Mary Catherine Jones, North Carolina, Frank Casey, New York. The convention also got to hear from this year's DKM first-timers, Ted Boardman and Stephen Salas, and the leadership fellows, Donna Browning, Rosemary Fasilla, Donald Kalman, Rachel Schroeder, and Amanda Selm. The session concluded with the first credentials report and the roll call. Sunday Sunday's focus was on technology. After a bit of convention business, Marjorie Beeman introduced Sarah Basson, Accessibility Evangelist for Google. Basson stated that Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible. She provided updates on several Google products and services. Launched earlier this year, Lookout is a new application available on some Android smartphones which uses artificial intelligence to interpret and verbally communicate visual information, including package information, text on signs, and the indoor or outdoor scenery visible through the phone's camera lens. Google is also working to improve and simplify the use of Google Assistant. Through a partnership with the free service Be My Eyes, blind individuals can get live assistance with other Google products and services. The convention then heard from Amanda Tolson of N-Vision America, Warren Moore of Walmart, and Kevin Morgan of Sam's Club about an exciting new partnership that will result in free availability of script talk 
at more than 1,100 Walmart and Sam's Club stores across America. For more information about this partnership, visit tinyurl.com slash y numerals 62 letters LXZKM. Mary Schultz, founder and CEO of Blindfold Games and Objective Ed, described how Blindfold Games was transformed from a middle school computer club project into a company that has launched more than 80 accessible games for blind iPhone users. Schultz then talked about Blindfold Games' new utilities, including a fireworks app, an accessible greeting card app, and an app that automatically begins running the phone's video camera. He shared the story of his newest venture, Objective Ed, which uses accessible educational games to teach core competencies to blind students. It also includes a social media platform that allows educators to share information, lesson plans, tips, and tricks. Following that presentation, Deb Cook-Lewis presented Schultz with the Vernon Henley Media Award for the accessibility, entertainment, and education that he and his companies are providing to blind and visually impaired children and adults. Just before the break, Sarah Conrad, president of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, informed the convention that it was CCLVI's 40th anniversary. Fred Schroeder, president of the World Blind Union, discussed the ongoing efforts of the WBU in several important areas. First, he discussed the recently adopted Marrakesh Treaty. Because literacy is essential to education and employment, this treaty is not just about the sharing of information. It is about the empowerment of blind and visually impaired people throughout the world. Schroeder then discussed the WBU's efforts to develop an international standard for the amount of noise that must be generated by quiet cars. So far, there is a standard which has the support of auto manufacturers and experts in more than 50 countries. He stated that if one assumes that blind people are working, are active, and are participating in their communities, doing what other people do, then it just makes sense to make the streets safe. Karen Kenninger, director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, spoke next. She informed the convention that NLS had changed its name to reflect the broad mission of the library. She then provided several quick updates about ongoing NLS projects. NLS is working to develop an electronic Braille book reader and hopes to have a prototype available for review within the next year. She also described plans to introduce a cartridge-on-demand service that will enable NLS patrons to order cartridges with up to four titles of the patron's choosing. Kenninger briefly mentioned NLS's efforts to get updates to legislation to facilitate its work and to come into conformance with the newly adopted Marrakesh Treaty. The final presentation of the morning was Richard Villa, president of Blind Information Technology Specialists, who shared that BITS is celebrating its 50th anniversary. He explained that in the early days, only data processors could join BITS. Opportunities were limited, but in the 1970s, the newly invented Opticon 
opened new opportunities for blind and visually impaired data processors and programmers by enabling them to read manuals and text on screens. Then, microcomputers and primitive screen readers hit the market, and we never looked back. In 1981, the PC was introduced, and more people started getting involved. Soon, programmers were creating accessible checking, word processing, and accounting programs. In the late 1980s, the introduction of the graphical user interface generated a new threat to digital access. But in 1992, Microsoft introduced its accessibility unit at the CSUN conference. Since then, BITS members, technology vendors, and others have continued to push the frontiers of computer and digital accessibility. Today, BITS is open to all computer and technology professionals, and according to VIA, as long as there is technology hitting the market that we will need to learn, there will be a need for BITS. Monday Brett Humphrey Senior Program Manager, Windows Accessibility, Microsoft Corporation, provided an overview of several improvements in Windows that have made the operating system more accessible for all users, including a slider to make text larger, a way to make the mouse pointer and the text cursor more accessible, improvements in narrator and access to coding that allows third-party assistive technology providers to improve access in the Windows environment. Customer feedback, Humphrey said, has generated many of these improvements, and he demonstrated via an audio presentation improvements in narrator, including an easy way to learn to use the built-in Windows screen reader. Diane Ducharme, blind and low-vision outreach specialist for Sprint, and her colleague Warren Knight discussed various Sprint-sponsored promotions, which are appealing and useful to people who are blind, including KNFB Reader, Beep Baseball, Blind Bowling Tournaments, Subsidized Rides with Uber, and other programs. The next sponsor presentation was given by Andrea E. Shane, Managing Director, Corporate Sector, and North American Co-Chair of the Business Resource Accessibility Group, J.P. Morgan Chase, who discussed the corporation's history of disability inclusion. Shane also discussed how important it is to J.P. Morgan Chase that their services and applications are accessible. And she stressed that improvements in accessibility come directly from their relationships with people who are blind, forged at conferences like this one. John McCann, the day's presiding officer, welcomed Denise Cauley, chair of the Scholarship Committee, who named the 2019 ACB Scholarship winners and welcomed those who could be present to the podium for brief remarks. Each winner expressed gratitude to ACB and shared their educational plans and goals. Cauley announced that all winners will receive JAWS Zoom Text Fusion packages from Vispero and a back-to-school package from Ira. Paul Schrader joined Cauley at the podium to introduce his Ira colleague and to describe the many ways Ira agents assisted last year's scholarship winners on campus and in class and expressed confidence that this year's winners will benefit from the service in equally meaningful ways.
Alan Casey introduced the three Scheigert scholars, who each expressed gratitude to Fred Scheigert and CCLVI. Debbie Rozier and Deb Trevino, Awards Committee co-chairs, presented the Affiliate Growth Award to ACB students, which had both the largest number and highest percentage of new members this year. Hannah Fairbairn, an interpersonal skills instructor at the Carroll Center for the Blind in Newton, Massachusetts, discussed her journey through adjustment to blindness and the practical tips she outlines in her popular book, When You Can't Believe Your Eyes, Vision Loss and Personal Recovery. Fairbairn has relied upon her personal experiences and those of the many students she has ushered through the transition to blindness process to demonstrate her real-life understanding of the difficulties that adjustment to blindness can present. In her book, she shares practical approaches to adjusting and coping successfully with blindness. Kirk Adams, President and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind, and Craig Medder, President and CEO of the American Printing House for the Blind, discussed their collaborative approach to lowering the unemployment rate for people who are blind. They believe that their innovative strategy will finally lower the appalling unemployment statistics for the blindness population, which have remained essentially the same through all of the decades since unemployment statistics were first collected. Lee Nasahi is the new president of Vision Serve Alliance. She discussed her hopes and goals for the future of the organization and the critical need to collaborate with partners such as the American Council of the Blind. Denise Snow Wilson, Technical Communications Specialist, Technology Product Research, and Elizabeth Schaller, Digital Assets and Metadata Librarian, Resource Services, American Printing House for the Blind, discussed research findings from the Accessible Cities Initiative Project and the practical implications for improving the accessibility of cities such as Louisville, Kentucky. Learn more about their research and the resulting report here www.aph.org slash n-e-w-s slash n-o-v-e-m-b-e-r hyphen numbers 2018. Tuesday. The convention first heard from Zachary Bastian of Verizon. He talked briefly about Verizon's commitment to accessibility, but focused most attention on the disability collection a special effort to make images of people with disabilities available. These images can then be used to make the lives and concerns of people with disabilities better recognized and more visible. Next up was Matt Alter from Vispero. He talked about several new products and mentioned that the company is working to create an accessible escape room. The final sponsor presentation was from Comcast. Tom Litkowski reported that there are now 1,200 audio-described programs available on demand and indicated that he felt voice control would soon be available in many hotel rooms across the country so that blind folks could operate television channels independently while traveling. The Home Hub kiosk that is used by the Xfinity Home Security System is now accessible through voice guidance. Ray Campbell, presiding officer, 
Introduce the talking book narrator, Gary Tells, of Potomac Talking Book Services. Tells stated he has worked there since 1993 and has now recorded some 400 books and countless magazines. He currently reads the New York Times Book Review. He indicated that through his job, he had read many exciting books that he would otherwise not have read, such as Mark Twain and Philip K. Dick. The next speaker was Will Schell from the Federal Communications Commission. He said that filing comments is an important way of being sure that people who are blind are being heard. He also urged folks to file complaints when things are not going well. Will explained that emergency information must be made available on secondary devices such as tablets as well as on television. He indicated that each of the four major broadcast networks and the five leading cable channels in the 60 largest communities were now required to provide what amounted to approximately seven hours a week of audio-described programming. Dan Spoon, Chris Gray, and Joel Snyder gave a presentation on audio description. Dan announced that ACVREP will spend $60,000 to develop certification for audio description. The effort will be chaired by Kim Charlson. Dan also encouraged members to check out the audio description page at www.acb.org ADP. Chris Gray presented the Audio Description Awards. Joel Snyder highlighted a range of activities that ACB has worked on over the past few years, including efforts to make the Federal Communications Commission create a national database of broadcast audio description and to expand the number of hours of audio description that is available. Mark Reichert gave a presentation on the ABLE program. He suggested that the best place for more information about the program is www.ablenrc.org. ABLE accounts permit people disabled before the age of 26 to create accounts that allow them to save and invest funds, even if they are on SSI, without losing benefits. For others, funds can be set aside and used for disability-related expenses, even if the disabled person is working. He encouraged everyone to get more information and to seriously consider participating in this program. Immediately following Reichert's presentation, Susan Glass presented the Board of Publications Awards. The Ned E. Freeman Award went to John Buckley for his article called Education Outside the Classroom. The Hollis Liggett Award for an affiliate publication was presented to Ralph Smitherman, editor of the Braille Memorandum, the newsletter of the Braille Revival League. Next, Sylvia Stimson-Perez of the Mississippi State University National Research and Training Center on Blindness and Low Vision spoke about supporting activities for older individuals who are blind. She noted that only 3% of those estimated to be eligible for services under this program are currently being served, and that only $33 million is allocated at the federal level to serve this population. She suggested that each of us could do three things in our communities to help. One, get out in the community and show what blind people can do. Two, become advocates for the programs and services we need and deserve. 
and three, consider working in the field of blindness where there are not enough people with visual impairments working. She briefly described two current projects that NRTC is working on and recommended that people visit www.blind.mssate.edu for more information. The convention moved from programs for the older blind to accessible emergency information. Tony Stevens serves on the FCC Advisory Council. He stressed the importance of emergency messaging and audio description and described the use of graphics in scrolling messages at the bottom of TV screens as an example of the kind of problem that needs to be solved. He will continue to work and advocate on our behalf with the FCC and urged members to communicate issues they are having directly to any of ACB's advocates who work with the FCC. Wednesday David Trott, presiding officer, acknowledged and thanked ACB members whose entire families dedicate their life and service to ACB. He then introduced convention coordinator Janet Dickelman. Janet thanked the New York Host Committee, the Riverside and Hyatt Hotels and staff, the ACB Cafe, the telephone registration team, all staff in the Minneapolis office, the convention planning committee, the JW organization, and all other volunteers. Mike Smitherman and his excellent exhibit hall operation, and Rhonda Trott for her superb planning and execution of ACB tours. Janet informed the Assembly that 2020's convention will take place in Schaumburg, Illinois, from Friday, July 3 through Friday, July 10. The 2021 convention will be in Phoenix, Arizona, July 23 through 30. David Trott then presented his Treasurer's Report. Within the last year, ACB received five grants. Two grants enabled ACB to work with the National Park Service to implement the Unity App Park Accessibility Project, a collaboration between ACB, Google, the University of Hawaii, and the National Park Service. ACB received an anonymous donation designated for replacing Braille embossers and laptops. Turning to other financial matters, auction chair Leslie Spoon informed the membership that this year's auction total was $19,000. Walk Committee Chair Donna Brown informed us that as of July 10, the ACB Walk had raised $71,000. Eric Bridges delivered the Executive Director's Report. He highlighted ACB's new vision statement, which was approved by the board on July 5. The board also approved ACB's core values, integrity, honesty, respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. These values translate to ACB activism and advocacy. This activism and advocacy were evident in a presentation delivered by Claire Stanley, ACB Advocacy and Outreach Specialist, titled Furry Friends in Friendly Skies, an update on the state of air travel for guide dog handlers. The presentation addressed policies that Delta and other airlines attempted to instate in 2018 that were detrimental to guide dog handlers. These policies violated the Air Carrier Access Act. 
Claire Stanley is currently serving on an FAA committee whose task is to develop an interim statement differentiating service animals from emotional support animals and defining appropriate pre-flight requirements for each. The interim statement will be called Notice of Proposed Rulemaking. All ACB members are urged to comment on it once it is released. The FAA is also creating an advisory board comprised of disability organizations such as the Blinded Veterans Association and ACB. Claire encouraged any ACB member who encounters difficulty with airlines when traveling with a guide dog to file a complaint directly on the FAA website within six weeks of the incident. Clark Rockfall Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, filled ACB members in on the organization's current legislative imperatives. 1. Accessible, durable equipment, especially for people with diabetes. 2. Medicare Demonstration of Coverage for Low Vision Devices Act. This legislation will be introduced to the United States Senate for the very first time. 3. Several Transportation Imperatives. Regarding autonomous vehicles, we want to ensure that blind and visually impaired citizens can own and operate them. ACB is working with Amtrak to ensure that trains, ticketing counters, and station navigation are accessible. The final presentation of the day came from Saja Koirala, Graduate Research Assistant, University of Hawaii, Manoa. Saja shared information about tools, training, and mobile apps that spread audio description through our national parks. In particular, she discussed the Unity app that makes audio-described national park brochures available to people on their iPhones. Thus far, 65 out of 400 national parks brochures have been audio-described. Several parks on the West Coast and in the Northeast are now on the app, and this fall, national parks in the southeastern region of the U.S., will begin developing audio-described brochures. Thursday The day kicked off with ACB Business, which included a number of resolutions and constitution and bylaws amendments interspersed between elections. The candidates put forward by the nominating committee were all elected by acclamation. They are President Dan Spoon, Orlando, Florida First Vice President, Mark Reichert, Arlington, Virginia. Second Vice President, Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Secretary, Denise Cauley, Lacey, Washington. Treasurer, David Trott, Talladega, Alabama. For the board position previously held by Denise Cauley, Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia. For the Board of Publications Chairman, Dan Spoon appointed Deb Cook-Lewis, Clarkston, Washington. Dan reappointed Susan Glass, Sarasota, California, to serve on the BOP. For the BOP position vacated by Deb Cook-Lewis, the convention elected Zelda Gebhardt, Edgeley, North Dakota. When all the positions were filled, resolutions were read and acted upon, and all amendments were considered the 2019 convention adjourned. Captions 
ACB President Kim Charlson reviews the highlights of her six years in office. She stands behind the lectern microphone, sporting a black dress with a pink floral print. Marty Schultz talks about the evolution of blindfold games. He looks out at the audience from behind the lectern mic and smiles as he describes the company's newest offerings. Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, talks in depth about ACB's legislative imperatives. He stands on stage at the front of the room, holding a portable microphone. ACB and ORCAM Technologies announce cooperative agreement. ACB-ORCAM collaboration seeks to enhance independence for blind and low-vision community through innovative assistive technology. To read this article in its entirety, go to tinyurl.com slash y, numeral 5, letters E-J-E-S-L-W. Rochester, New York, July 7, 2019. The American Council of the Blind, ACB, and ORCAM Technologies jointly announced a cooperative agreement at the ACB's 58th Annual Conference and Convention that will help empower blind and low-vision Americans to achieve increased independence. The cooperation between the ACB and ORCAM will raise awareness of ORCAM's assistive technology among ACB members in the United States to support uses in education, employment, and quality of life for blind and low-vision Americans. ORCAM devices will be available for sale to ACB members with a special ACB discount. The ORCAM team is privileged to collaborate with the ACB, a leader in advocacy efforts at the national, state, and local levels in the U.S. as well as internationally in this cooperative agreement, said Mr. Ziv Avaram, ORCAM co-founder, president, and CEO. The joint work of the ACB and ORCAM will enable us to provide increased independence to people who are blind or have low vision by enabling them to successfully study, work, and perform daily activities. ORCAM is committed to empowering the visually impaired community by improving quality of life through our breakthrough artificial vision technology. Wireless, lightweight, and compacted into the size of a finger, the pioneering technology of the AI-driven ORCAM MyEye 2 artificial vision device discreetly reads printed and digital text aloud from any surface in real time. Newspapers, books, computer and smartphone screens, restaurant menus, labels on supermarket products, and street signs become immediately accessible. Additional features of ORCAM MyEye 2 include instant face recognition and identification of consumer products, colors, and money notes. Magnetically mounted on the wearer's eyeglasses frame and weighing only 22.5 grams, ORCAM MyEye 2 has been meticulously designed by leading minds in the computer vision and machine learning fields to be intuitive and easy to use for the blind and people with vision loss. The device is the only wearable artificial vision technology that is activated by an intuitive pointing gesture or simply by following the wearer's gaze, allowing for hands-free use without the need of a smartphone or Wi-Fi, 
resulting in real-time audio communication while ensuring data privacy. Globally, OrCam MyEye is available in 25 languages and in 48 countries. ACB is proud to partner with OrCam to provide this innovative technology to our members. As OrCam continues to develop this technology, we look forward to a strong partnership, says Eric Bridges, Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind. ACB and OrCam will continue to take the lead to increase the independence of people who are blind or who have low vision through access to the most effective assistive technology solutions. Updates to the ACB Constitution and Bylaws by John Huffman The 2019 Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind voted to amend two sections of the organization's Constitution and Bylaws. In Article 3, Membership, Voting and Dues, the former Section E was replaced with the following. E. Code of Conduct, Disciplinary Action the Board of Directors, in consultation with competent legal counsel, is herein authorized to establish a code of conduct policy applicable to those attending national ACB meetings and or functions, and, if warranted, to impose discipline in accordance with such policies. All ACB members, so attending, shall be given notice of the terms of any such code of conduct policy. Consistent with Article 10 of this Constitution, the relevant provisions of Roberts' rules, newly revised, respecting disciplinary procedures and actions, shall govern in all cases to which they are appropriately applicable. In Bylaw 9, following the existing subsections A and B, insert a new subsection C, reading C. The Constitution and Bylaws Committee shall be responsible for reviewing the governing instruments of an organization requesting affiliation for the purpose of determining that no inconsistencies exist between said governing instruments and ACB's Constitution and Bylaws. To read the 2019 ACB Constitution and Bylaws in full, or download a Word version, Go to acb.org slash c-o-n-s-t-i-t-u-t-i-o-n hyphen b-y-l-a-w-s. If you prefer a hard copy version, contact the ACB National Office. 2019 ACB Membership Seminar Wrap-Up by Artis Bazin This year's Membership Seminar held Wednesday during ACB's annual convention, focused on the theme of building membership through outreach and communication. It featured two panel discussions. The first panel talked about how using member incentives increases membership. Zelda Gebhardt, president of the North Dakota Association of the Blind, said incentives help with PR and recruitment. North Dakota allows members to join in October free and then pay dues in January. They give college scholarships. They invite all possible members to join by sending invitations to all past members and prospective members. Retention is high because of ongoing communication with members, newsletters, dial NDAB calls using Treebox, monthly calls, a week-long adult camp, email list, 
cards or calls on birthdays, a recreation retreat from Friday to Sunday. Junior members can attend as well as one driver with those in attendance. Ten people are given $300 to attend national convention. Leslie Spoon, co-chair of the auction committee, said Florida asks their regional Braille and Talking Book Library to send a letter FCB has written to those on the library's mailing list. They have trivia night events and use the money to send people to state convention and a $1,300 grant for Lynx tickets for chapter meetings. The Florida Citizens with Low Vision chapter provides a scholarship to send members to national convention. The CCLVI book, Insights to Low Vision, can help local seniors losing sight. Rebecca Bridges, chair of ACB's affiliate and membership action team, mentioned book clubs, monthly or quarterly conference calls, trivia nights, and providing Northern Virginia chapter members with transportation refunds. How successful are incentives? IRA gave ACB members free IRA for a month and provided funds for ACB to offer discounts on hotel rooms for members. ACB also offered early registration for members. These efforts increased membership dues payments in early May. The next panel focused on how to get your members actively involved in your activities. Min Ha, president of American Council of Blind Students, told how ACBS made calls on Zoom about different topics. ACBS promoted these calls on email lists, on the leadership list, and on Facebook. ACBS members talked with last year's convention attendees. They would ask them to join when meeting one-on-one -on -one and keep in contact often. ACBS also paid national dues for state chapters of ACBS. They use social media extensively. A student with a marketing major handles Facebook and Twitter. Min said an ACBS mentor encouraged her to get involved. Denise Cauley, president of the Washington Council of the Blind, said WCB uses Zoom board meetings so members can attend. The newsletter now has co-editors with themed issues and new columns, health, book reviews, movie reviews, etc. Carla Rushevel, treasurer of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, said KCB keeps in contact with members. They get 10 to 20 percent of members involved and assisting with activities. On Fridays, they have meetings called roundabouts, where talks occur and many classes are held on Braille, iPhone, note takers, chess, family trees, pet care, and the new ID law. Every other week, they serve dinner at 6 p.m. and then play games, bingo, password, etc. Anyone can come, and there is no push for membership right away. A low-vision support group meets twice a month. They call members to remind them about the meetings. This year's winner of the Affiliate Growth Award was ACB students, both for the largest number and largest percentage of new members. Handouts on membership benefits and program ideas for students and seniors were made available as well. If you would like a copy, contact Artis Bazin via email abazyn at bazyncommunications.com.
Summary of 2019 Resolutions The following are brief summaries of the resolutions adopted by the ACB membership at the 2019 Conference and Convention held at the Joseph A. Floriano Rochester Riverside Convention Center in Rochester, New York in July. Three resolutions were referred to ACB committees, one was withdrawn. They are not included in this compilation. Please note that these summary statements are not the authoritative voice of the ACB membership. They are simply intended to capture the overall scope and intent of the membership as authoritatively embodied in the full text of each of the resolutions. You can find the full text of resolutions at acb.org slash r-e-s-o-l-u-t-i-o-n-s numerals 2019 Resolution 2019-01 directs ACB to work through administrative, regulatory, and, if necessary, legislative channels to raise the Medicare reimbursement rate for prosthetic eyes to at least 80% of actual cost. Resolution 2019-02 directs ACB to request that Trader Joe's change its practice to enable people with print disabilities using barcode scanners to access product information. Resolution 2019-03 instructs ACB to urge Congress to take immediate legislative action to ensure that Ability One nonprofit agencies can retain current contracts for products and services with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and thereby continue to provide meaningful careers for approximately 800 Americans who are blind or visually impaired, including blinded veterans. Resolution 2019-04 directs ACB to urge the FCC to approve the NBC Universal two-year petition for a limited waiver of audio description requirements for USA Network only. Resolution 2019-05 directs ACB to join with ACVREP, the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, and Vision Serve Alliance to actively encourage the use of such designations as Certified Orientation and Mobility Specialist, Certified Vision Rehabilitation Therapist, Certified Assistive Technology Instructional Specialist, and Certified Low Vision Therapist in all communications about the nationally certified professionals in the field of vision, habilitation, and rehabilitation with the general public policy and decision-makers, and elected officials. Resolution 2019-06 instructs ACB staff, in consultation with the Environmental Access Committee, to begin the process of requesting amendments to the MUTCD by submitting a written statement to the NCUTCD urging that the next edition of the manual include a mandate for the Installation of Accessible Pedestrian Signals, APS, at sites whenever and wherever a pedestrian traffic signal uses leading pedestrian interval signalization. Also directs staff to urge the U.S. Access Board to revise its proposed public right-of-way accessibility guidelines to require the installation of APS whenever and wherever pedestrian traffic signals are in use through an ADA transition plan, 
giving priority to intersections using LPI signalization. Resolution 2019-07 reiterates ACB's commitment to work for the enactment of legislation, seek potential changes in regulations, and, if necessary, look for relief through the courts to assure that people who are blind or have low vision have access to appropriate, accessible, and usable diabetic devices. Resolution 2019-08 condemns the inevitable undercount of people with disabilities that will result from the 2020 census and directs ACB to demand that priority be given to developing a tenable and credible approach to gathering data that will accurately and effectively count the number of people with disabilities in the 2030 census. Resolution 2019-09 expresses ACB's support for the responsible, unrestricted use of personal recording devices in medical settings by people with disabilities. Resolution 2019-10 directs ACB to insist that RSA apply the entertainment expense restriction in the same manner to both the BLAST and Sagebrush conferences, as well as to insist that registration fees include all networking sessions. Also directs that RSA be encouraged to develop a statement that will clearly enunciate this policy so that the potential for unequal treatment in the future will be eliminated. Resolution 2019-11 tells ACB to urge all companies seeking approval for experimental use of autonomous vehicles to demonstrate meaningful inclusion of and responsiveness to the disability community, especially ACB and other leading organizational and individual expert perspectives on blindness and low vision, to ensure the full accessibility and usability of AVs, and directs ACB to demand that no experimental use permits or permanent approvals be granted for AV use in the absence of consumer-informed and well-delineated protocols, ensuring the accessibility and usability of AVs on terms of full equality for people who are blind or who have low vision. Resolution 2019-12 directs ACB to recognize that there is considerable value in projects such as the IRA-MBTA pilot project, demonstrating that technologies such as IRA have the potential to significantly increase the confidence and competence of travelers who are blind or have low vision in unfamiliar environments, and that ACB expects other transit systems to implement similar projects. Resolution 2019-13 communicates ACB's strong opposition to RSA's existing policy in an effort to expand the definition of competitive integrated employment to encompass the placement of consumers in NIB-sponsored facilities, particularly those located in venues employing significant numbers of non-disabled individuals. Resolution 2019-14 directs ACB to call upon the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Federal Transit Administration, the Federal Highway Administration, and any other federal agencies that provide funding to the transit industry to require accessibility for people with disabilities 
including people who are blind or have low vision, as a condition of funding. Also directs ACB's staff, board, and officers to work with the Transportation Committee, the Environmental Access Committee, and any other appropriate stakeholders to embark on a national effort to communicate with ACB members and other people who are blind or have low vision on their uses of transportation, on the challenges they face when using transportation, on their unmet transportation needs, and on their ideas for making transportation more effective within their communities, and to convene a national transportation symposium to be held in conjunction with the 2020 National Convention. Resolution 2019-15 directs ACB to urge its affiliates and chapters to seek adoption of state laws or local ordinances and or regulatory requirements that address the problems posed by such shared mobility devices as scooters, bikes, motorbikes, and mopeds. Also directs the Environmental Access Committee to work with the Transportation Committee in developing model ordinances, which can be shared with state and local affiliates and chapters. Resolution 2019-16 instructs ACB's officers, directors, and staff to renew their commitment to the development and delivery of all appropriate non-vocational rehabilitative services for people who are blind or visually impaired of all ages, and to work at all levels to reform existing services, advocate for new ones, join in all appropriate efforts to increase funding for the Older Blind Program, and to work with other allied organizations to recruit, prepare, and promote nationally credentialed personnel who are fully qualified to offer effective vocational and non-vocational vision-related rehabilitation services to maximize deinstitutionalization and the true independent living potential of Americans living with vision loss. Resolution 2019-17 thanks the management and staff of the Rochester Hyatt Regency and Riverside Hotels and the Joseph A. Floriano Convention Center. Resolution 2019-18 thanks the law enforcement officers and public safety personnel of Rochester, New York. Resolution 2019-19 thanks the host committee and the men and women of the ACB of New York for their hard work. Resolution 2019-20 thanks the volunteers. Accessible Prescription Labels, My Story by Linda Yaks According to an email that I received from Envision America, October is Medication Safety Awareness for the Blind Month. It has been announced that Envision and Walmart have formed a partnership to provide script talk prescription labels at any Walmart upon request. I am so excited about this opportunity and decided to share my story with you. When I was a member in Michigan, I served on the Accessible Prescription Labels Committee. We researched several options and advocated for audible labels. Since I had those research results, I was armed with information to start my quest after we relocated to Arkansas in 2015. My husband and I needed to live close to our son due to my hubby's health needs. After we settled in, I began looking for accessible labels here. Seemed like I wasn't going to have very good luck. 
After speaking with several pharmacies in the area, I decided that script talk was my best bet. I contacted my local Walmart and asked to speak to the pharmacy manager. After some conversation, he researched Walmart's policy and called me back in the next 24 hours. He was so excited and asked me to contact Envision to order my script talk station. Envision America was so responsive. They sent my station out in a couple of days, and the pharmacy manager called me to say that he would be ready to label my medications within a week or so. At that time, I was responsible for managing 13 medications for my husband and five for me. Several of the pills felt just alike, creating an unsafe situation. It was necessary for me to ask my family to sort our meds each week. If they were unavailable, I had to ask someone else to come to help. That is why it was so important to me to exercise my need for independence and follow through with Walmart. What a relief when my medications came with labels in place. It was not always smooth sailing, and I have learned a few tips I wish to share with you for your journey. I think you may find these helpful when working with any pharmacy. First, when you call for a refill or your doctor orders a medication, remind the pharmacy to put on the labels. Second, to save a trip, call to make sure your prescriptions are ready and have been labeled prior to going to pick them up. If they are not labeled, make sure they check every bottle. Call again before you or someone makes the trip. Finally, make sure that you or the person who is picking up the meds checks all bottles before leaving the counter. This is a new process for the pharmacies and may take some patience on our part. However, after a while, the staff will remember and the service will become more consistent. Now, I want to challenge you. If I were not a member of ACB, I don't think I would know about accessible labels. Many blind folks I share the information with are shocked and their first response is frequently, we don't have that here. If they have a Walmart, they should be able to get the labels. Of course, not all medical insurances have Walmart on their approved pharmacy list. Call Envision America at 1-800-893-1180 and ask them to assist you. The staff will help you research the options in your area. I encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity. When we advocate for something like safety and prescription labels and then don't ask for it, the world doesn't believe we need it. I suggest to you that even if you only take one medication, you should be on a program. What happens when you are ill, have new meds, and need to independently read the labels in order to follow the directions in a safe and educated manner? I am excited for the independence that taking control of our own medications will provide. I wish you all happy results in your pursuit of accessible drug labels. I am so grateful to those who have worked on this project. Let's get the word out. Affiliate News ACB Families Membership Prizes and Change of Meeting Dates Fall has arrived and winter's on its way. Soon, turkey will be on sale at the grocery, and we'll be shopping for gifts and planning for all that holiday cheer. It's time for ACB families to start handing out prizes.
Pay ACB Families 2020 dues by November 10 and have a chance to win a $75 ACB Mini Mall gift card or a $50 Visa card just in time for the holidays. Winners will be drawn at our support group call on Sunday, November 17. But wait, there's more. Our 2020 members who attend our November 17 call will have another chance to win an additional $25 Visa gift card. No matter who you are or where you live, you can participate in ACB Families. We hold two conference calls each month. On the first Sunday, we present a topic, invite a speaker, and or conduct business of the organization. Past topics include stretching the family dollar, attending the National Convention on a shoestring, holiday gift ideas, and fun and educational Amazon Alexa skills. Our family's support group call is the third Sunday of the month. Share questions and tips, get in on the discussion, or just listen to what others have to say. Calls are at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Dial 712-432-3900 and enter 796096, pound sign. ACB Families sponsors a breakfast at the ACB National Convention, and our family's bingo is always a popular convention event as well. We share information through our email list and Facebook page. Join our email list by sending a blank message to families-subscribe at acblists.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash acbfamilies. Join ACB Families now. Dues are just $8 a year. Pay by credit card by calling 502-897-1472 or make checks payable to ACB Families and mail by November 1 to 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. You can also send $8 by PayPal to families.acb at gmail.com. Welcome to our ACB family. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACBE Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org or phone the national office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Talking Thermostats Closes The ACB National Office recently received a letter from Harry Cohen informing us that TalkingThermostats.com was closing. With the closure of the business, product questions and warranty issues now revert back to BiMax Alliance, the VIP 3000 manufacturer-supplier. BiMax Alliance can be reached at 
866-936-6622. Congratulations to Jay Doudna. Jay Doudna recently received the Jim Aronson Founders Award from Slippery Rock University's Media Hall of Fame. Jay spent most of his career working in the radio reading service field, including the Lancaster Association for the Blind and the Radio Information Center for the Blind in Philadelphia. He also served on the board of the International Association of Audio Information Services. Known on air as the Jaybird, Doudna worked at WNFT at Slippery Rock University and helped build the station's music library. He is now retired and living in Oklahoma with his wife, Elaine. Distinguished Alumni Award Congratulations to Nancy Sumner for receiving Overbrook's 2019 Distinguished Alumni Award. Nancy studied medical transcription at the Goodwin Business Institute in Pittsburgh and was employed for 35 years as a clerk typist for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Newell Perry Award winner Catherine Skivers received the Newell Perry Award for Enduring and Effective Leadership at the Lighthouses Gala Award Celebration in San Francisco, California. Kathy's commitment to the furtherance of the blindness community is rooted in California, but felt throughout the world. Holding many leadership roles through her career, including President of the California Council of the Blind, she has demonstrated an unwavering commitment to equity, dignity, and authenticity for blind people everywhere. Swan receives Envision Atwell Award. Garrett Swan, Ph.D., a postdoctoral research fellow at the Scapin's Eye Research Institute of Massachusetts Eye and Ear in Boston, received the 11th annual Envision Atwell Award for outstanding efforts in low vision research. Swan studied the different ways in which individuals with complete hemianopic field loss scan on their blind and seeing sides to detect potential hazards. His findings could help improve training in compensatory strategies for vision loss and suggest improvements to assistive technologies. Ski for Light Makes Tracks for Wyoming The 45th Annual Ski for Light International Week will take place from February 9 through 16, 2020, in Casper, Wyoming. This is a new venue for the event. Participants will stay at the Ramcota Hotel and Conference Center and ski at the Casper Mountain Outdoor Center at McMurray Mountain Park. The center has 42 kilometers of wide cross-country trails. During the week, each skier will be paired with an experienced, sighted cross-country skier who acts as ski instructor and on-snow guide. Most blind and or mobility-impaired adults leave Ski for Light with a sense of accomplishment and motivation that carries over to every aspect of their lives. Many volunteer guides return year after year, and most discover that in the process of giving of themselves, they get much more back in return. If you have never attended what many have called the experience of a lifetime, join us on an epic adventure in Wyoming. For more information, visit www.sfl.org or contact Visually Impaired Participant Recruitment Chair Melinda Hollins at 231-590-0986 or 
M-L-H-O-L-L-A-N-D-S-T-C at G-M-A-I-L dot com. Hadley returns to home base. Following an 11-month renovation featuring major additions to the campus, the Hadley staff is now back in its corporate offices at 700 Elm Street. The move-in comes ahead of the nonprofit's 100th anniversary in 2020. Originally built in the 1950s, the building's extensive structural modifications increased the safety and accessibility of the building by adding sprinklers, an elevator, and updated wiring. The renovation also increased Hadley's general office area and collaboration spaces, with several areas dedicated for outreach and education. Technological advances built into the construction include an expanded audio-visual studio and virtual reality screening room. The entire restoration project allows Hadley to better meet the needs of older individuals with vision loss from age-related diseases such as macular degeneration and diabetic retinopathy. Braille Note Touch Plus The Braille Note Touch Plus is now available. Powered by Android Oreo and driven by Keysoft, the Braille Note Touch Plus gives its users all the efficiency they need. And since it is compatible with most third-party applications, it includes books available for download, allowing for quick and easy book reading. Braille Note Touch Plus comes with Dolphin's Easy Reader Plus application installed. Humanware is offering a boost-up plan to enable all those who own a Braille Note Touch to upgrade to a Braille Note Touch Plus. For more information, contact Humanware at 1-800-722-3393 or via email info at humanware.com. Now available from NBP. Just in time for school, newly available is the Periodic Table of Elements by Tactile Vision Graphics, Incorporated. It comes in English Braille American Edition, not UEB. It features textured squares to represent the different classes of elements and a Braille chart with important data. Also new is Format Your Word Documents with JAWS and NVDA. A Guide for Students and Professionals by David Kingsbury. It is available in Braille, BRF, DAISY, or Word. The book covers using ribbon menus, font, paragraph, and margin settings, adding headers that adhere to academic style guide requirements, headings and styles, constructing tables, managing citations and bibliographies, tools for proofreading and review, and more. An appendix with a list of keystrokes is included for convenient reference. You can also download a set of files with practice exercises to hone your skills. Puzzle lovers will enjoy Will Shorts's Mind Games, 100 Alphabet Riddles, available in Braille, two volumes, or BRF. It contains 100 of his popular initial puzzles, where every answer is a familiar two-word phrase having the same pair of initials. For more information on any of these books, call NBP toll-free at 1-800-548-7323 
or visit tinyurl.com slash y numeral 6 m numeral 2 b-e-h-t. Tokyo Paralympic Games Torch contains Braille. To read the full announcement online, go to tinyurl.com slash yylahms numeral 2. The organizing committee of the 2020 Tokyo Games has unveiled the Paralympic version of the official torch, which uses the Braille alphabet and differs from the Olympic torch in color. Both the Paralympic and Olympic torches for next year's games make use of Japan's iconic Sakura cherry blossoms in their design. This is to suggest a sense of hope that aligns with the theme of the Olympics and Paralympics as spotlighting the Tohoku region's reconstruction from the March 11, 2011 earthquake and tsunami that devastated three prefectures. Each torch has the braille text of four words that exemplify the meaning of the games as well as symbols indicating the torch's front to those with visual impairments. The theme of the Paralympic relay is Share Your Light. The Paralympic Flame Ceremony will begin August 13 with the first flame lighting festivals in several cities. On August 21, 2020, the different flames will come together in Tokyo, where they will be combined for a final relay around the capital leading up to the opening ceremony on August 25. High-Tech Swap Shop for sale, smart reader by enhanced vision, about two years old, barely used, comes with carrying case and all cables, asking $650 or best offer. They go for $1,900 brand new. Contact Larry Ketchum at K-E-T-C-H, numerals 1969, at gmail.com or via phone, 406-633-4036, Mountain Time. For sale, Vario Ultra Braille Display, used only twice, in excellent condition, asking $1,500. I read now OCR software with document camera, in excellent condition, asking $500. Email C-O-N-N-I-E at C-O-N-N-I-E-D-A-V-I-D dot com or call 612-695-6991. For sale, Brilliant 40-cell Braille Display Non-Bluetooth, asking $2,000 or best offer. Perkins Brailler recently serviced, asking $400. Contact Margie Donovan at M-A-R-G-I-E dot D-O-N-O-V-A-N numeral 1 at O-U-T-L-O-O-K dot com or 916-293-9505. For sale, Brilliant BI-32 in excellent condition. Comes with executive products case, USB cable, and a wall charger. Asking $1,000. I accept payment via check. If interested, please contact Kelsey Nicolay at piano dot girl numerals zero two nine nine at gmail dot com. 
Free to good home. ILA cassette player. Plays two and four track tapes. Battery cover missing. It works using the AC adapter, but only when headphones are plugged in. Comes with AC adapter, sleep switch, and cassette, and large print instructions. Talking book discs, The Book of John, read by Alexander Scorby, four discs. ILA can-do recorder, with adapter, in need of repair, does not work. Comes with cassette tape strips on cards to record and play. If someone can use the cassette tape strips alone, let me know. Free to anyone who can use them. Contact Barb at G-R-A-N-D-S-L-A-M-W-I-N-G-S at G-M-A-I-L dot com or call her at 417-230-4401. Looking for used Braille note-takers for blind students in Ghana must be in good working order. Contact Frank Abror at 717-854-5386 or email him frankabror at msn.com. Looking for. I'm looking for a donation of a Perkins Brailer. If you have one you'd like to part with, contact Marianne Sears via email T-I-M-B-E-R-S-G-I-R-L, numerals 219, at gmail.com, or by phone at 318-245-5864. Announcing the themes for upcoming issues of the Forum by Susan Glass. The Board of Publications wants to announce the themes for upcoming issues of the forum and do so in a timely manner so that everyone who wishes to write an article can do so without being rushed. The theme for the November issue is Gratitude, and the deadline for submitting an article is September 23. We chose this theme in honor of the Thanksgiving holiday. To whom and for what are you grateful? Perhaps an interaction with an eighth-grade teacher shaped your life in small or great ways that you never could have predicted. Perhaps a circumstance that at first seemed disastrous turned out to be one of the better things that's ever happened to you. Perhaps there was that one employer who gave you an opportunity that launched your career. Maybe you're grateful that your children are growing up with sound health, hearts, and values. Maybe it's the little things, singing, walking, reading, that feel especially good lately. Share your gratitude with forum readers. December's theme is International Relations. We'll hear from members of ACB's International Relations Committee, but by all means, send your own contributions as well. The deadline is October 25th. The theme for January is Planning and Seeking Balance in Life. It's the new year, time for those terrifying resolutions or genuine fresh starts. What throws you off balance in life? And what helps you regain your balance and keep it? January's deadline is November 22nd. February's theme is Leaders and Leadership. The theme honors ACB's leadership meetings and legislative advocacy. Who are the leaders in your state and special interest affiliates? What are their qualities of character and their accomplishments? What makes leadership work? When and how does it thrive and when does it flounder? The deadline is December 16th.
March's Braille Forum will focus on blindness and related topics such as SSDI, ABLE accounts, the real ID, and how to acquire one. The deadline for March is January 24th. April showers bring May flowers. The April E Forum will focus on weathering weather as blind people, such as traveling in snow with a cane or guide dog, preparing for weather emergencies, stories about weather and being stranded, funny stories about weather, and weather and long-distance travel. April's deadline is February 17th, due to the leadership and legislative meetings. May's theme is on gardening and other spring activities. For example, you could focus on specialized gardens, water gardens, scented gardens, bird butterfly gardens, gardening blind, adaptations, or spring fix-it chores, and how you do them as a blind person. NLS and BARD have substantial collections of gardening books, and I plan to write a review of what you can find there. The deadline for May is March 25th. The June e-forum will focus on the upcoming convention, of course, but also look at weddings. For example, participating in weddings as a blind person, attending weddings as a blind person, planning your wedding as a blind person, unusual weddings, and weddings and sexual orientation. June's deadline is April 22nd. We hope this information jumpstarts your creativity and your keyboard. We look forward to your articles. ACB Officers President Dan Spoon, First Term, 2021 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554 First Vice President Mark Reichert First term, 2021. 1515 Jefferson Davis Highway, Apartment 622, Arlington, Virginia, 22202-3309. Second Vice President, Ray Campbell. First term, 2021. 460 Raintree Court, Number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Secretary, Denise Cauley, first term, 2021, 1401 Northwest Lane, Southeast, Lacey, Washington, 98503. Treasurer, David Trott, second term, 2021, 1018 East Street, South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate past president, Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. ACB Board of Directors. Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, first term, 2020. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, partial term, 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, second term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, first term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, second term, 2022. James Crott, Miami, Florida, first term, 2022. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, first term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, second term, 2022. Michael Talley, 
Hueytown, Alabama, first term, 2022. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, first term, 2022. ACB Board of Publications. Debbie Lewis, Chair, Clarkston, Washington, second term, 2021. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, second term, 2020. Zelda Gebhardt, Edgeley, North Dakota, partial term, 2020. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, second term, 2021. Penny Reeder, Montgomery Village, Maryland, first term, 2020. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email, on the ACB website, via download from the web page in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 605-475-8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, NLS-style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, 605-475-8154. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or www.acb.org bf.